Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and today we're joined by David Lujan, creator of Eureka. I keep messing up that name, I think. But uh, a really cool world that you're building here. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, you're more than welcome to be here. And and, and again, such a cool a vampire in this like 1900s area. Can you, can you kind of break down what we're looking at here? So Eureka uh, is... Uh, by now, she's about 500 years old. It's uh, turn of the century, kind of dawn of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, in, in book one, for those of you who didn't back that Kickstarter and have not read that yet, uh, it is, uh, she gets basically found out. She's chased out of Seoul. And there's kind of like a lot of train imagery that goes along with the industrialization of the, of the country. So she's decided to use trains as her getaway method um, to start transporting herself. Uh, cross country to get away from people. So in book two, Vampire Hunter is going to chase her into the dark, cold expanse of Siberia, uh, where she thinks she's gotten away, but not quite. Not quite. Is there, with changing location like that, going to Siberia, where uh, you know, like you were saying, it's it's a lot more, it's cold, it's dark. Uh, is there any kind of advantages you're looking forward to exploiting with having a vampire as your protagonist? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Snow is white. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, lot, there's tons of white everywhere. But I can use that to play off of, I can use that to play off of the, the black and white contrast because mm -hmm. the book is not in color. It's just in black and white. So when you have snow everywhere, you can use the shadows of the dark, you know, trees and the forest and the smoke from the train and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to illustrating that and try, hopefully, you know, using that to my, to my benefit as opposed to using it, getting screwed up by it or tripped up you know what I mean? well actually yeah the black and white with the red how it pops off there is is kind of the most infamous images from the first book and so to think of what could yeah. come from the second i can't wait to see what that's going to look like with uh with you being the artist what kind of inspirations led to using just black white and red oh man um so frank miller obviously mm -hmm. uh i was as a kid, I was always striving for that. Like, how does he describe these characters and these figures and these sceneries with such minimal, seemingly minimal effort? Like, how much penciling was done behind all that before it ended up being just like bam, bam? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that was always something that that really struck me. The other thing was um, reading a bunch of uh, manga growing up. Reading, you know. Uh, the original Appleseed and like uh, Kira and now she the Valley of the Wind, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, these fools have like, you know, no color at all, but they're creating these crazy depth to these worlds. Um, so that's where like the thumbprint stuff comes in. That's like a texture that I'm using as opposed to a, a halftone dot screen. Um, so it's like I created my own uh, halftone dot screen. But yeah, that's that's a lot of my influence for doing black and white. I'm noticing that now that that thumbprint, where did you come up with that idea? That's really unique. I used to do it a lot when I was uh, working on paper because, you know, you start smudging stuff and you start getting creative and then you realize like, oh, wait a minute, my thumb has a really cool texture to it. I can kind of like use it as a stamp. I'm also trained as a printmaker. So um, the idea of stamping and smushing stuff on the things to create texture within a, a given stencil that you blocked out is very comfortable to me. Um, 
And then I saw somebody on uh, Instagram that I was following, and he used a, a big-ass thumbprint right in the middle of Batman's face on his cowl. And it looked really cool. I was like, oh, yeah, I used to do that on paper, man. I wish I could do that on Clip Studio. I was like, wait a minute. This guy's illustrating digitally. If he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, but instead of doing it the easy way, which would have been to just download some brushes from somebody else, I like created the brushes and figured out how to import them and uh, add all the different things and messed with them. I made like five or six different brushes out of the, a sheet of thumbprints that I had made in, in the physical world. Uh, that's how I kind of came across that. But, yeah, more of a personal touch when you actually do it yourself like that. That's pretty cool. Isn't it? Yeah, people people can't claim it. It's got my, it's actually got my fingerprints all over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is is this your first comic book or is the Narita series your first? Uh, Narita is actually the first. Um, okay. But Yuriko was the first one that got published. Uh, mm. Lesser Known Comics teamed up with me for the first issue, and we're we're going to be working together again for the second issue. Uh, and like actually, Yuriko was like. The one that I threw under the bus because I was like, I've never done a Kickstarter. I've never yeah. watched the comic before. I have no idea how this works. So I was like, I'll try it on the vampire comic. Nobody really cares about the vampire. And, you know, now people are way more stoked about the vampire stuff than they are the mermaid stuff yeah. for now. But I, I, I feel like it's a challenge. <laughs> I'm going to like try to win people over for the mermaid stuff uh, as we go along. Well, and in that one, you're going full color, too. So there's there are a lot of color in that. That's, you, you really get to kind of play around with two different art styles. It's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Don't about that. Now, are you heading to the comic book or comic cons with this? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, I've got a comic con uh, uh, Saturday, two days from now, I'm mm -hmm. recording uh, in San Antonio that I'm really stoked about. Um, I also have, I'm doing Central Texas Comic Con with my friend Ray Garza, who does a comic called Tank McGregor. Um, he's also with the LKC, Lesser Known Comics. And then I'm going to be doing Comic Palooza in Houston, which is going to be a big one. That's going to have like tons of well-known like voice actors and all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm stoked. So I'm just like, I want to be surrounded by comic book nerds who just are stoked about being around comics. Because yeah. my my wife is not super stoked about being around <laughs> comics. All. She's like, uh, talk to somebody else. Comic, but yeah. <laughs> What, what, uh, you know, because we, we go to comic cons often as either both a guest or, you know, while we're podcasting there. But as a comic book writer, what are some of the perks that you get while you're sitting there at a booth sharing your comic? Um, it's really more as like a, as, as an artist being there that I enjoy because I'm drawing the whole time I'm there. If my booth is slow, uh, you know, I'm just sketching stuff, I'm just drawing cool superheroes or my characters or just whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, that's fun for me to have people come up and talk to me and say, Oh man, that looks really cool. Or, Oh man, that looks like crap. You, you should draw better. I'm like, thanks man. You're the best. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like there's a bit of a community with other comic book creators that go to the, cause it sounds like these are all Texas comic cons. Do you start to build a community with them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the central Texas comic con, I was not accepted, but, um, my Ray Garza was. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Hey man, um, I got into the Comic Palooza in Houston. If you want to come and, and table with me and I can table with you, Central Texas Comic Con, we'll just, you know, fit for chat. And it, it works out great having like a small community of, of uh, comic creators. And we can be like, hey, did you get into that con? I'll, I'll split the table cost with you. I got into this one. If you didn't get into that one or you didn't apply in time or whatever, like, you know, so it's cool. We're, we're also like 
Yeah, I equate it to being in a band. A lot of times, because yeah. I play music, you if you ask the venue for a date, they'll be like, well, you can have a Tuesday, you know, at 7 o'clock, and no one will be there. But if you look on their calendar, and there's a Friday night, and one of your friend's bands is playing, you're like, hey, homeboy, can we can we jump on the bill? He's like, hell yeah, your band's awesome. Whereas yeah. the promoter would have been like, no, what? I didn't agree to this. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're doing. We're just bandit riding each other's tables. Yeah. It's fun, you know what I mean? I feel like an yeah. outlaw. And as, as a consumer, too, somebody who's walking, it's, it's more bang for your buck in a lot of ways. You get, you know, two for the one yeah. booth. And those booths, those can get expensive. I tell you, it's, it's, it adds up quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just a basic, basic artist booth. It's like, whoa, can I make my, can I make my, you know, money back? That's the gamble, to. right? And sometimes you're like, oh, this is a deal, but how many people are walking past your booth in that case? And sometimes you got to pay more for the, and it ends up paying off yeah. sometimes, but it's, it's the gamble of, of Comic-Cons. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. Absolutely. So returning to your comics here, we have the, this is, you were saying two of five, is that correct? Yes, yeah. Okay. Where will we see this go? Are we going to be, I mean, not, no spoilers, right? But we're in Siberia <laughs> now. Do you plan on this being a traveling comic or are we going to find a hunker down area? Oh, um, well, so this is all, uh, the comic books are actually a supplemental part, portion to the actual novel that I oh, wrote wow. by the same name. And that one kind of circles around this, this uh, around World War I mm. to the beginning of World War I, right? So we're going to get nuggets of information about Yuriko's past uh, and then uh, kind of about her future and what's going on and, and, and explaining certain things that don't necessarily get explained in the book, but they're there and they're big parts. It's like, oh, you didn't get it? Well, read the comic book, nerd. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, cause I didn't want to do like a retelling of it as like a graphic novel adaption of a book, because I always feel like sometimes that water spins down or you're putting images in people's minds of they maybe already had something else in their mind when they were reading just prose. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I wanted them to be like, you know, in conjunction with each other, you know? Yeah. So that's what the five part series is supposed to fit like this with, with the story that's going on in the, in the novel. We'll see if I can successfully do that. Is the novel already out? Uh, it's it's written, and I have a friend who reads a lot, and so he edited it for me, and he mm -hmm. left more red on the page than there was ink. So oh, no. <laughs> I, have to, I have to go back and like mess this up and be like, he's just being a jerk here, or he's totally right, I'm an idiot. You know, I, so it's been written. I just haven't put it out. I also have a I'm working with a guy named uh, Morgan Quaid, uh, who lives in Australia. He and I are working on a comic book, a couple of comic books together. And uh, but he's also a writer. He he puts out you know novels all the time, and his characters do that. They'll they'll there there will be a book, a prose book about the character, and then there's a comic book series that comes out about the same character, that kind of thing. Um, and so I've been in discussion with him about how to put out a novel, you know, on Kindle, Amazon, or however you're going to do it, versus like kickstarting a comic book because they're completely different beasts. Oh, so yeah. yeah. But, but there's just some inherent cross promotion, which is nice. So hopefully, people from the comics start to want to read. You know that that's a good idea, idea right there. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. He, I talked with him. He's a very cynical person because he's a writer. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's very yeah. he's jovial and just upbeat, but very like, nope, you're gonna fail, which is <laughs> fun. It's good. It's it's, it's yeah. totally sobering, you know. Mm -hmm. But he was saying that one of the things that he noticed was that um, 
people who read books don't tend to read comic books. The people who read comic books don't tend to read books. That's a shame. I know. Which is odd because I read both all kind of like all yeah. the time. But you know, I don't know. So we'll see. I wonder what the, why that is. Yeah, because I find that I am like in the mood to read comics more at a certain point, and then I switch over to the. So I don't know. There's something there. <laughs> it's interesting. Now you got yeah. me thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Eureka, how did you get this story? When did it come? Like, what was the spark of the idea for this? Uh, <laughs> um, how 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 PG am I supposed to be? You can go as R as you want. Just don't drop too many <laughs> bombs in a row. <laughs> got it. Uh, yeah, I it was during the pandemic, and I was like drawing characters and stuff. And one of my friends was like, "Hey, you should." Uh, you should draw something. You should draw something cool for a change. I was like, man, everything I draw is cool, man. I look, I draw <laughs> Superman, you know, Batman, whatever. He's like, nah, nah, nah. You need to draw like vampire, like banging a werewolf. And I was like, yeah. um, what? Okay, sure. <laughs> so I did, and I drew this extremely pornographic, you know, image of a vampire banging a werewolf. Yeah. They were both females, and he was like, man, what the hell? I want, want they're both girls. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so you have a problem with that? I don't yeah. have a problem. With but then I started thinking about it, and I was like, how did this vampire end up having sex with a werewolf? And would that work? And in what realm of possibility? <laughs> Why are they in this dungeon? Like, what's happening? You know what I mean? I started really asking myself questions. Like, how? And it snowballed into this a whole pantheon. And then I got serious about it. And I was like, oh, man, I really like this character. And it could be set in Korea, which would be a total twist on the whole yeah. Transylvania vampire thing. And yes, there's sex involved. but I no, I don't want it to just be gratuitous pornography. Um, so how do I come up? How do I get to her in that scenario and follow, you know that kind of thing? And that's that's kind of where it came from. That's the sexiest origin story for a comic book idea I've ever heard. <laughs> that's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that is dope. And the fact that you said it in Korea is so cool because I know that like Korean like zombies are starting to become a thing. But it's like Korean horror. Let's go. That's so cool. I like the idea of adding vampires to it. That's neat. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so you have a novel. We have five comics on the on the way. Uh, the first comic. How can people get their hands on this and start joining this world? Uh, so the first comic will uh, is available on my Gumroad. If you want to buy a copy of it, a PDF copy of it, in mm -hmm. uh, the or you can uh, get a PDF of it on Global Comics. You can get the full thing, like the first five pages up for free, and then there's a little paywall right when it gets to the to the nudity section. Yeah. I don't want <laughs> kid, kids' moms to get mad at me. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but it's also going to be added onto the Eureka Book 2 Kickstarter mm -hmm. that's launching in June. So um, if you back that Kickstarter, you can get you can get caught up and get the first book as well. Um, and, you know, and that's, that's coming up, what, like two months from now? So yeah. I don't know. If you can wait two months, you, you, you can get a physical copy. But if not, obviously, you can, you can get on Global Comics or on NaritaComic.com. Speaking of NaritaComics.com, can they also get a tier with Narita in there as well? Uh, yeah, so my Gumroad has PDFs. Uh, and it's just a link. My, my website is basically a link tree that'll send you to of all course. of my socials and all the stuff. Uh, but my Gumroad page has uh, links to all of the PDFs of all of the Narita books and all of the um, all of the Eureka books thus far. Basically, it's got everything up to this point. <clears throat> ah, 
just killed a mosquito. Sorry. <laughs> nice job. Uh, I noticed <laughs> that on the Naruto, I was reading the cover comics for or comments of people who backed uh, the Naruto comic, and they're like, "Oh, I gotta get, I had to back it at this level so that I can get Yuriko." I do you feel like you have readers that read both books, or do they have their own fandoms? Oh man, I'm hoping that people want to read both books. Um, they're they're very different. They're both pretty dark, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of like the setting and the tone and all the stuff, I think that there's probably going to be a lot more comedy in the Narita books. Yeah. But um, they, yeah, I mean, I hope there's cro- uh, there's crossover there, you know. But yeah. I, I think like vampires, like an Asian vampire, is is a pretty easy sell. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can get you can get a lot of people to just say, "Uh huh, sign me up." Whereas if you're like she's a mermaid and she's, you know, I don't know what ethnicity is she is, but she's got green hair and she's naked and people are like, oh, so, you know. She's trying like, to get no, back it's home. Like, it's really good. They're like, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's hard because the elevator pitch of just like Korea vampires, let's go. And it's like, okay, <laughs> where do I buy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And the, the thing that I've been trying to do promotionally with Yuriko is that I'll, uh, so the books themselves are very stark, very dark, and she never smiles, and she's like super gnarly, and she'll kill you, and blah blah blah. But then for all the promotional materials, I'm just doing comedy with her, with like little like Calvin Hobbes style strips, yeah, where she's like making jokes, and she's <laughs> you know, I don't know, like hanging out with Morticia, like talking shop, things like that, yeah, you know. So it's nothing but comical until you read the comic, and she's like. So I treat, oh I treat the characters, all of my characters as like actors and actresses. Yeah. And when they're on their on their breaks, they're like chilling, you know what I mean? Like eating a sandwich or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I like that idea. That's exactly how it is on set. Like, you know, Pedro Pascal's not that much of a downer on The Last of Us yeah. in real life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That is a really good idea. Now, are you planning on any variants? Because I know for Narita, you had a variant that was uh, with Star Wars, I believe. Uh, do you plan on doing anything like that for, for um, Eureka? Yes. And as a matter of fact, I'm really, really excited. I've got two artists um, that are in the works to do variants for me. And this is the first time I've, I've, I've formed out variant covers from anyone else. And I'm really, really stoked. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I've, they, um, I'm waiting to announce who they are because I haven't, I haven't you know, gotten it. I want everybody to be, be paid and I want to have the artwork in hand before I'm like, yes, yeah. it's done. But yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. There's going to be one one variant by me probably and then two more by other people yeah. from other countries who draw really awesome sexy ladies. It's pretty nice. cool. I'm stoked. Cool, yeah. I, I, I know from, the, from seeing the Narita one, I was like, oh man, I would totally have gotten that one. Uh, so that is pretty dope. Uh, I hope everybody checks these out. We're going to have the links in the description. Um, guys, so make sure you go. First off, we're going to have the link for uh, Eureka 1, so you guys can get started on this journey with us, and you got time to, to learn everything before you get started in the next one. We're also going to link off to Narito, or Narita, so you guys can read the other book as well, and then we'll have, of course, the Kickstarter, so you can get notified when uh, the campaign goes live, which again is June 6th, correct? Yes, that's correct. Boom, June 6th, guys, you guys get this. Frank Miller-esque story of a vampire in Korea going to Siberia, the frozen north. It is so dope. Please check this out, guys. All right. Thank you very much for joining me today, David. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure. All right. All right, guys. We will see you guys next week. Bye.